This is Scripture Read Badly. A podcast where two grown-up pastor's kids discuss the stories of the Bible in chronological order. Attempting to avoid heresy and generally having a good time. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Ryan. Sit back and rejoice. Today's verse comes from Judges, chapter 3, verse 7, and a little bit of 8. And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and Asheroth. Therefore the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he sold them into the hand of Cushan Rishathaim, king of Mesopotamia. This is a great example of what to do when you are served by a bad waitress or waiter. You don't even tip them, you get rid of them. So, all the waiters out there, remember who you're serving. You're not serving those other guys, you're serving me! I'm Jeremy and this is Scripture Read Badly and with me, of course, is... Ryan, and I would hate to be sold to a cushion. That sounds like a terrible fate. Yeah, they probably don't have any money. They'd probably pay in, I don't know, material. Gross. As far as Gross. I know, they are somewhat of a soft master. Uh, okay, so today we are talking about Othniel. Othniel, the first judge. Now, I want to acknowledge at the top that we do have a few more chapters at the end of Judges that, we, uh, that probably happened uh, maybe... A bit before this or around this time, we'll get to them in the next episode, uh, like Israel and Bethlehem having their own internal fight and it leading to the death of many, which is tragic. Um, but at this time, in this episode, we're going to be talking about Othniel, the first judge. Now, as we covered in the last episode and the one before that, Othniel was Caleb's nephew and then he became Caleb's son-in-law when he captured the city of Kiriath Sefer, and we can read about that halfway through chapter one of Judges. Uh, and not much else is said about him in that chapter, but that is an interesting piece of information to know that he was Caleb's nephew. He would have been born in the wilderness, probably, and grew up fighting alongside his uncle. Um, so he was already a warrior. Now we uh, we know from prior knowledge of this book, Jeremy, that uh, many of the judges... The book, Jeremy? The book, Jeremy. <laughs> it's a good one. Uh, that many of the judges were not fighting men or women uh, prior True. to being raised up by God. But this is, the, this is a case where this dude was very much trained for battle. And so the mantle of being the first judge of Israel is somewhat fitting, especially considering his uh, close familial proximity to the leadership of the time, Caleb. So we begin our look at Othniel in Judges chapter 3, verse 7. We have uh, just had the account of many, many people... uh, doing what was wrong in God's sight and God consequently handing them over to their enemies and they cried out for help from God. Uh, and it's in those moments where, where they 
uh, remember God's salvation, his deliverance and what he did for their nation that they finally get their heads and their hearts in the right place to submit to God. And it isn't crying out for selfish reasons. Otherwise, God wouldn't have done it, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it seems like they're genuinely repentant. They want to change their ways and they want to be delivered from their oppressors. Uh, so... But with the first line, they yep. did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. What sort of things do we remember from the Pentateuch could this mean? And with the Baals and Asheroth in mind, some of these things would be um, religious prostitution. Some of this would be child sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Some of this would be uh, bowing down to idols and forgetting their value to God and forgetting who God is. Mm-hmm. Um, Bacon. Exactly, Achan, all of these different things. But then even looking at the Ten Commandments, like if they're lying to each other, if they're stealing from each other, if they're committing adultery to each other, if they're dishonoring their parents, if they're... um, What's the lower down ones? If they covet different things of each other. Yep. uh, These are all the things. Yes, it's not that they've just settled and... They're sleeping in in the morning. Like God yeah. usually is graceful and is uh, slow to anger and quick to um, love. Yeah. And so these tribes aren't just being silly fuddy-duddies or whatever. They're, yeah. they're <laughs> attempting, they're on purposely doing evil almost aggressively in the face of what God has told them over the last 400 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so there it's are interesting hot dog that that eating contests. There are shellfish eating contests. Exactly. There There's, are... They're creating shirts out of different materials. They're just doing They're terrible cooking things. goats in its mother's milk. They are yeah. getting tattoos. They're getting piercings. They are doing what? all the... Uh, <laughs> I don't think piercings is... They're cutting themselves because of dead people. Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And... So And before this, God has already said that you didn't obey my voice, so I'm going to surround you by the thorns of other cultures. And then mm-hmm. just before this verse, it says that they've taken wives of mm. these thorns. So they're not just avoiding the thorns that God has put there because of Thorny their choices. Wives. They're taking the thorns into their houses and making babies with them. And so Ouch. these aren't just... Flip, this isn't a flippant line. This isn't an mm. intro that we ignore. Yeah. They've forgotten who God is. And God took them out of slavery and made good on his promises to Abraham to give mm-hmm. them his promised land. And they've just turned away from him. Yeah, they're making significant choices against what God has told them to do. It, it, yeah. yeah, you're right. It's not little things. It's It's very big things. Cultural sin. Not necessarily individuals. Um, yes, so that's that's what we're looking at here with the the background, the context of why exactly they need saving. And as we said at the end of the last episode, everywhere that they are setting foot, there are enemies and they are being yep. defeated. And it's terrible for them. And in a way, they deserve it. Actually, in many ways, they deserve it. As far as the justice of God and the covenantal blessings and curses go, they very much deserve it. So the yeah. fact that they um, 
they get to this utterly depraved point. Uh, it's very... I think we can we can see it as a very good thing that they choose to cry out to God. However, the fact that it's so temporary is a little bit discouraging, and it only gets worse as the book goes along. Yeah. So they uh, the Israelites were servants to the Cushans for eight years, and when the people of Israel cry out to God, God raised up a deliverer for the people of Israel who saved them, and it was Othniel, Caleb's nephew Caleb's son-in-law and it says the spirit of the Lord was upon him and he judged Israel he went out to war and the Lord gave Cushan Rishathaim king of Mesopotamia into his hand and his hand prevailed over the Cushans so the Lord uh, sorry so the land had rest for 40 years then Othniel the son of Canaz died so Jeremy what is your understanding of what exactly a judge does what a judge is and what types of people became judges? It seemed like it had to be a corporate response to terrible things happening and a recognition that God would save them. So it mm-hmm. wasn't that God was like, here's a really charismatic leader that's going to convince everyone of their sin. It seemed to be um, beforehanded, like precursed. Anyway, beforehanded. The people preempted by this um, understanding of sin, this conviction, and this crying out. And so Mm. maybe it took them eight years to recognize that they weren't going to get freedom without God, and then they finally clicked, and there was an instantaneous realization of their need of God, and then they all started crying out, or maybe there was a moment where... Hang on, what is that? Ah, no! Stop. Oh no, I lost Jeremy. Where are you? No! Ring back, ring back. Uh, This is interesting for the podcast. I just hung up on Ryan. Good times, good times. Oh, of course, he's unavailable. I'm not going to leave a message. I'm not leaving a message. My phone is so confused right now. Call back. Din 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 din. Are you back? Hello. So we'll get back into it. So I was talking about how God raises up these judges after. They cry out to him, and yep. these people become like both this prophetic voice, but also military leaders. And so you see some of them go out to war for them and with them, or you see later someone stabs a guy, or actually there's many stabbings. <laughs> that seems to be one of their favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. But it's it's like this symbol of God um, raising up to rescue them, And the people follow suit. And then it says here they had 40 years of peace, or the land had rest 40 years. So I wonder if that means that the battles were so huge that no one tried to take them over again, or their behavior was so holy that people didn't touch them. Mm. And then they started forgetting who God was again, or I don't know. I don't understand that reference of rest. But it seemed also 
that he picked, the judges were all, always very specific people. So mm-hmm. Othniel, as you keep saying, that he was uh, Caleb's son-in-law. Yeah. And so he's connected to that leadership authority. Mm-hmm. And then later we have a left-handed assassin boy who was yes. almost perfectly bred to be that role. And then we yeah. have this woman who has a sweet song and she's a musician and she ins- inspires people and et cetera, et cetera. You have mm-hmm. these different roles. And then the last one is Samuel, who is also a priest. Yeah. And so his role as judge is quite unique as well. Yeah. And so... I love th- I love this book because the stories are so interesting and the stories are so specific, but and then short. it's so sad because the people just keep forgetting how good God is. Mm. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'm with you. I I agree. I think uh, the significance of them being military leaders is often uh, often what is emphasised most. I think. Yeah. Uh, because it's often a physical oppression that they are yep. delivering Israel from. But in the time when they have peace, the military leaders are responsible for keeping their armies trained and ready for war, as well yep. as the judges in this position were not just military leaders, but also spiritual leaders for the nation. So they step into the role that Joshua had and Caleb had. And it. I think it is quite fitting that Othniel being Caleb's son-in-law and nephew, who probably shadowed his uncle his entire life, is the one to take on this mantle first. Um, I think the most beautiful part of this entire book is whenever it says the spirit of the Lord was upon that person, insert name here, uh, and they became the judge. They delivered Israel. And I think it's it's really nice uh, that we have that uh, kind of set as the the standard right here in chapter 3 when it talks about how the Spirit of the Lord was upon Othniel. And yep. we we see that wording happen many, many times throughout the Bible. Whenever any prophets come up, it always says, especially Ezekiel, the Spirit of the Lord was upon me. Yeah. Uh, or the Word of the Lord came to me. All these different things that confirm that God is with them. I think it's it's nice. And the fact that God's spirit was upon him, I think we can take to uh, to inherently mean that God is against the oppression. Even yeah. though it's happening, God is more for Israel than he is for the nations around. Or he is more for the prospering of Israel than he is against the... Uh, the idolatry of Israel, maybe, is what well, and at he's it. for life and love. Whoever follows that regime, yeah. So he's all about the alien as long as they are a part of his nation and adhere to his principles. Mm-hmm. And so, when his nation go against those rules, that's when he brings on other people to destroy them. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think all through the Bible, God's track record is, I like love and I like life. I don't like when you do things that kill people, mm-hmm. other than in response to the same. Yeah. 
And I think, uh, like what you said before, I think it was just the residual effect of the significance of the victory that kept the whole nation at peace for 40 years. So the fact that all of Israel was being oppressed by this one particular king and he probably had alliances and made deals with the surrounding nations that they could oppress Israel on his behalf as long as they submitted to him, whatever. This this cushion man, he... Um, that reminds me of a youth group game where we used to strap giant cushions to us. Um, they were very, very big cushions and we used to run at each other and knock each other over. The cushion man, uh, he... He was probably the kingpin. And when the kingpin got taken out and Othniel was seen as this mighty leader of the whole nation of Israel, there would have been fear just like there was when Joshua was around and they were doing the conquest um, in the hearts of all the surrounding cities and nations. So that's at least what I think. Yeah, but it was also like back in Joshua when they started the conquest you would get these shockwaves going through the whole region Mm. that people would know that God was responsible for the power behind these people. So I wonder if the shockwaves just continued like, oh, God's back. Mm -hmm. Because you wonder if all of Israel had stayed adhering to God's principles for this whole time, what those shockwaves of love and of worship would have gone through the region and how that would affect all of the people. Like mm-hmm. all the other cultures, yeah. But because can... they're on and off, I wonder if the other people just like Christianity now. I, I wonder if it's like when non-Christians are like, "Oh, Christians aren't real; they're just hypocrites." Hmm. If it was similar to that, that I can imagine those that still adhered to the law and followed the ways of Yahweh. There's the potential that it might have felt a little bit stale to them at yeah. the whenever. Uh, Israel was going through that that slump uh, that led yeah. to the oppression because as many people know listening uh, if you in your community follow the ways of God and follow Jesus' teaching it doesn't always feel good especially if the people surrounding you are either apathetic towards it or opposed um, yeah. it often feels like things are getting a little bit stale and a little bit dry Uh, But when you're surrounded by people that are on fire for God, uh, your spirit is encouraged and your flame burns brighter. So I think it may have been that that effect throughout Israel. Those that were on fire for God still, maybe their flames were a little bit dimmer. But when this victory happened, they were reminded of the deliverance and the salvation of God and then the faith of the entire nation was boosted. Yeah. As a result. I like that. Right. And people apparently have short-term memories only because 40 years later, uh, there is... Or 48 years later, there is... uh, Nope, that's not true. There was eight years of oppression. So 40 years afterwards... Then it was Ehud and Eglon and all that, but we will get to that. That is, there's 40 years there where we're gonna uh, we're gonna leave that episode, uh, gonna finish the episode here on a good note. Othniel was a good bloke. Spirit of the Lord was with him. He defeated Cushion Man, and Israel was free from slavery, which was great. 
Good for him. I feel like Cushion Man should be a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody out there wants to draw a uh, a picture of Cushion Man, then uh, then maybe we can organize some kind of prize for the winner. Ooh, a prize for Cushion Man. Yes. Uh, hashtag Cushion, Cushion Man. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's it. But you have to spell it C U S H A N. Everyone looks at it like, oh, you spelt it wrong, champ. Like, no, I didn't. (laughs) It's Cushion Man. Cushion Man. But he was was the kingpin. So I'm picturing the kingpin from the Marvel comics, who was a big, bold man. Just like very big. Yes. Big, bold man with cushions. Lots of cushions. Uh, Anywho, that sounds like the kingpin in his relaxation time. Uh, This has been Scripture Read Badly. Reminded you can support us on Patreon if you want. You can get an extra episode every couple of weeks. We go in-depth into different topics surrounding uh, the stories that we go about talking about. Uh, And that is called Scripture Discussed. It's a subsidiary podcast. It's pretty cool. Um, And besides that, we're on social media. Um, My name's Ryan. I'm Jeremy. Oh, yep. Go ahead. No, you say. You say remember. Okay. Uh, So I'm giving the advice. Remember. Remember. Who you are. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, may all of your kangaroos find water, not necessarily in your front yard. And hopefully not on the side of the road, because that's dangerous. That's very dangerous. Okay. Bye. Scripture badly. Bye. <laughs>